0: All right, welcome to Peace of Mind Radio Podcast, the second version of this. Uh, um, (laughs) That's Aaron McAndrew, that's Eric Douglas. And the reason we're doing it uh, twice is because our famous uh, or infamous, however you want to say that, producer, infamous, is that right, infamous? Yeah, producer uh, forgot to change, make a change uh, on the cameras. But he's going to say it's only because uh, Aaron, who has a brand new phone sitting in his pocket, didn't allow us to use it for the first several. So uh, anyway, he pulled it out and tried to sneak it out. And we're like, oh, you got a brand new phone. You're going to hook your phone up. So anyway, didn't so allow. I mean, yeah. nobody even asked. Uh, you didn't volunteer either. <laughs> now we're going to drain your battery and see how you like it. Uh, all right. So anyway, uh, today we're talking about uh, market corrections. This is an interesting topic. Uh, it's probably pretty relevant depending on when when this thing airs, because this is sort of all the, to- the topics that – I've been seeing, especially the little news blips that come across my phone, is, you know, pundits are out there saying, we're due for market correction, we're due for market correction, and that's kind of what we're starting to hear, because the markets have been bumping around these all-time highs for the last, you know, well, since February of, well, we had the correction in February of 2020, Uh Uh, so let's say middle of the year, uh, we started bumping back on all-time highs, and it's been that way for about a year now, 12, 13 months, uh, and so here comes the conversation of, are we due for market correction? So what we thought we'd do is just sort of walk through, A, what is a market correction? How is it classified? Uh, and then, B, just sort of what are our thoughts around uh, the different types of corrections? What do they mean? How long do they last? Should you do anything during a correction? Um, you know, how, how we educate clients around how to act, against, act, you know, what you should be doing around market corrections. So we're just kind of round robbing those uh, topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Eric, once you start off, since you were going to say something, <laughs> uh, go ahead and say that and then explain how do we classify or how do we, uh, yeah, how do we classify a correction?
1: Well, typically a market correction is about 10% or more decrease in the value of an index. Now, what's funny is you hear so many market prognosticators talking about, oh, we're going to see a 10% change in the market. That's going to be a correction. How do you define the market? And, and typically what most people look at is the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500, something like that. So you're typically looking at one specific index. And, and yes, they do typically fall in line with one another, although not right. exactly. Um, but y- it's important to note that just because there's a correction or a drop in the market of 10%, that doesn't necessarily correlate to everyone's portfolio. Um, which is how, obviously, we talk about risk and making sure we're putting the the proper amount of risk within a client's portfolio. But, um, yeah, just the actual definition of a correction is generally about 10% decrease in the markets. Yeah. So,
0: um, one thing that we uh, often see or hear is uh, that people don't really understand the difference between a correction and a recession. Because it's a 10% either. So, it's 10% correction in the market. If the market is 10% decrease over a, pair, over a quarter, it's considered a recession. So there, there's a distinct difference between the two. Um, and the one thing we, I couldn't find, I tried to research it before this, was uh, how long it takes to recover after you have a 10% correction in the market over a, over a quarter, um, uh, which is a considered a recession. Uh, but I couldn't find that number, so we didn't. We don't have that particular number.
2: Yeah, and, it, and that all honestly depends on what's causing it, what's yeah. causing the correction. A correction could, you know, just last year, a correction could hap- happen just because of news that's being put out on, uh, you know, about something that may or may not happen. Or, you know, a lot of times during election periods, we see corrections happen because people get scared about what's going to happen in whatever direction or not um you know in terms of recession most of the time there's something that's economically driving that to last a longer period of time a correction could happen over not over i mean well it did almost and uh oh, last year it happened overnight basically for so sure. um you know so that uh, correction and recession completely two different two different things yeah
0: yeah so, that that was yeah that was yeah. the point
1: corrections are definitely far more short term recessions are going to have obviously a lot longer length of time that they're, you know, know, dragging down the economy, dragging down the market.
0: Yeah. yeah. So here's one thing that um, is really the difference between what I would, I don't know if this is a technical term, but what they call a fundamental correction and a non-fundamental correction. Now, what do we mean by that? Fundamental correction means that there's something in the economy, some... Area in the economy, some statistical data that is causing the market to sell off. So, but I.E. back in two thousand eight, right? Yep. There was yep. that was a fundamental correction because we had a, a real estate issue, um, and so that was a fundamental correction. Uh, we've had other res- other corrections that are non fundamental. Uh, that means that they just the market corrected for really no fundamental reason. It just corrects because. You know, the market's been bumping around all-time high, and you have a bunch of sellers that wind up selling, taking capital gains, and so they'll take capital gains off the table, and you'll wind up in a recession. Um, So there is a difference between the two, right? Yeah. You know, there's definitely
1: an added, you know, layer of momentum or volatility that occurs in the market as well. So if you start seeing a little bit of an influx of sellers, you know, leaving the market, well, that you know, it happens, you know, there's a domino effect that occurs, right? And so you're seeing other sellers that enter the market trying to get out of the market because they saw, oh, well, what do they know that I don't, right? And so there's a little bit of that that occurs as well when you're looking at a a, a non-fundamental correction that occurs in the market.
0: Yes, I would also say that the non-fundamental corrections, now, I I, I did find this, that uh, one statistic said that a non-fundamental correction, meaning there's no... Economic data that's causing it, but a non-fundamental correction, the market corrects itself on average forty-five days after the correction has happened. So once the market hits ten percent on the negative side, it within forty-five days, historically speaking, will it will correct? Uh, it'll correct itself. Now, I will say that one of the issues that our all right, our producer is being hilarious. Um, it looks like we're one of the phones is kind of running out of juice here, but uh, yeah. So, but, but interesting enough um, what I think, what I think we're seeing now is that we're seeing non-fundamental corrections more frequent or they'll happen quicker only because of social media. Yep. Because the word gets out like, you know, 20 years ago we didn't have Twitter and, you know, Facebook and everything else. So, what you would have is you would just have the data that came out of the newspaper, right? Or what you're seeing on—I mm-hmm. think maybe CNBC was around, but—but um, but basically, you would have very uh, few re- outlets. That would give you the information to say that the market was selling off. Yep, yeah. and right? now with
2: phones and everything being digital, you're getting. You were just talking about it a minute ago. All these different news bloops that that pop up on the phone, and you got all these notifications and stuff. And you know, somebody comes out and says, "So and so, who predicted the 2008? Who predicted, you know, 2001?" As as predicting by the end of the year, this has happened, which causes. Um, nothing fundamentally, but right. but it could be causing some people to panic or think, I, I need to get out ahead of time just because we are at all-time highs. So.
0: Yeah, well, and I think one of the things that, uh, that Eric brought up, uh, Eric, it's been, I don't know, maybe two, three months ago, we did a podcast, one of your podcasts you came up with, and it was talking about the percent of headline news that was positive oh, yeah. versus negative, and the overwhelming majority Open, is yeah. negative, so everything I see on my phone... I guess I'm used to it, and I kind of know uh, that the market is just going to give certain headlines. But really, everything that comes out, it's always, almost always negative. Yep. Uh, it's very rare do you ever get something positive. Um, so it's just yeah. that kind of information that comes out that I believe sparks uh, the non-fundamental corrections more frequent. than I don't have the data to support that. But I, I just got to believe that happens. At least, well,
1: that's- well, we shared some of the data that did support that, that yeah. there was an overwhelming majority of headlines that occur in the financial news media that are just dramatically negative because you know, what's the old news, you know, axiom, if it bleeds, it leads. Right. That's no different in the financial news media or social media or really any, anywhere that you're trying to get eyeballs. Um, positivity <laughs> doesn't really bring the eyeballs nearly as much as negativity does. And, and people are going to be more drawn to, to negative headlines. So, I mean, even today. I mean, we, we still see it, it. Hey, hey, guys, guess what? There will be a market correction in the next year. I'm telling you now. I'll, throw me in the market prognosticators. But they, they occur about, you said, about every 14 months. Every 14 I, months. about almost every year, pretty much every year. You're going to see a little bit of a market correction, about a 10% dip in the market. Most people, most consumers probably won't even notice um, because they, to your point, they – of take care of themselves or correct themselves within about 45 days
0: yeah so w- what's interesting is when you um most clients that uh I- i'd say the the overwhelming majority of clients that we have look at their statement once a month so they look at their balance once a month mm-hmm. and so most of the time these corrections happen either during that month or at some period beyond what a statement will cover, mm-hmm. meaning it happened somewhere in the either the beginning or the end of a statement. And so they see their balance go down a little bit, but they don't see where it really went down to 10%. And, yeah. and, and by the way, yeah. I, I say 10%. If the S&P 500 is down 10%, that doesn't mean a blended portfolio is down 10%, by the way. Right. It just means it could be down some percentage of that. Typically, it's down. Not always. Sometimes it may not even have to be down. Well, um, depends but,
1: on your risk tolerance and your portfolio. Correct.
0: Right? Yeah, that's right. So there's all these different factors. But now, if you own the S&P in your portfolio, that would it's be come, down the yeah. 10%. Uh, but it doesn't mean your entire portfolio is. so.
1: Well, it's, it's also worth noting, too, just to expound upon that a little bit. When we talk about so many of these corrections – I mentioned before, we're usually looking at the Dow Jones or the S&P 500. Well, if you build a diversified portfolio, you've got small cap in there, you've got mid cap in there, you've got international in there, you've got some fixed income. So maybe one portion of your portfolio that's tied to the S&P, usually you're looking at kind of your large yeah. cap, um, you know, growth and value stock stock funds. Um, yeah you 're going to have a correction on that side of your portfolio, but you might have something completely different happening over here
2: You, you mentioned something there though I think we should probably talk about why it 's a good thing maybe like why so you said clients uh, yeah. look at our statements maybe once a month or once a quarter if they 're getting quarterly statements right. or whatnot yeah. and, and kind of just trust the process and here it is and we're mm-hmm. not we 're going to look at our account why, why do you think that's a why is that a good thing that, that clients make i 'm not saying that you know checking up on your account only four times, or maybe once a month, or whatnot, is uh, four times a year, or once a month, or whatnot. However, you get in your statements, is a lot of times a good thing. Why? Why do you think that is? Because you, it's it's a very good thing because
0: if you were to look at this every day, and I have some clients to do, it would drive you absolutely nuts. I mean, here's the thing: we're in this business every day; it's yep. what we do for a living. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what the market's doing. I got something on my phone this morning that said the, I don't know, the market was up pre-market up two hundred. It could be down 500 or it could be up 500 I have no idea. And it's, what time is it, Mr. Producer? 3 o'clock, 3.30? 3 I don't know, somewhere. 24 and the market's up 92. Okay, well, the market's up 92. Wh- whatever. Uh, it's like 2.30. But I really haven't even had a chance to look at the market. Uh, I just don't look at it every day like that. If you did, it would drive you crazy. Yep. And, and, that, and, and then on top of that, trying to apply
1: logic for what happened during that day or what's happening intraday throughout right. the day it's almost impossible to apply logic to what occurs in the market on a daily basis.
2: And then what oftentimes happens when you start looking at it like that and you're seeing, let's say there is a series of five down days in a row, you start looking at it and you start not feeling good about continuing to see the market go Mm -hmm. down or your account go down or whatnot. And then you start making emotional decisions. That's exactly right. When they should be fundamental and, and stick to your plan. You start thinking about making, maybe selling things or getting out at the wrong time. So, just wanted to make a point that that is a what you brought up earlier about people checking their statements yeah. is oh yeah that, that's actually a good thing no um, it is. yeah
0: no so. it is yeah and so the, I, I guess that's the point of market corrections and Eric said it the odds are we're going to have a correction sometime over the next twelve months it's been Mr. Producer said it's been ten months as of this month I guess starting in September since we had a correction they happen about every fourteen months that'll tell you sometime over the next twelve months we're probably going to have a correction and but just because you have a correction doesn't mean that you try to adjust your portfolio to anticipate a correction we don't do that and certainly we're not going to make adjustments during a correction because that's the worst thing in the world you could do because again most funda- most corrections are non fundamentally based meaning there's no market or no economic data to support them and they're typically about every uh, – when you have them, about every 45 days, they're, uh, they've are they corrected itself. So there's no way to go and make adjustments in your portfolio to try to time the market so that you come out ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's just too too difficult to do that. And so we just – again, back to your point, as long as you've got a good financial plan and you know what you should be doing, just continue to do what you're doing and know that these questions are going to happen – and only look at your statement once a month or something. Yeah. Uh, if you do look at it every day, that's fine. Just don't make an irrational decision.
1: There's an old saying in our business, and I, can't, I don't think it's even credited to anybody, but there was an old statement that I've heard numerous times where the best – investors or the, the, the investors that have the most performance or the best performance are the ones that lost the password to their online account because they can't go in and check everything every
2: day. Yeah. yeah. Um, think because,
1: because so. that, that leads to the emotional decisions that you see, Oh my, my, my account's down four or five days mm-hmm. in a row. What's wrong. I need to do something. And, and there's that panic that sets in and, and you just can't let that creep in when you're, when you're, when you have to take a long-term approach to, to your investments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, in a nutshell, when it comes to market corrections, yep, you're going to hear it on the news. Um, And, you know, the pundits out there are going to say you're going to hear some of them go, there's a you know, we're we're going to have a correction. We're going to have a correction. Yep. You're probably going to have one. Odds are the odds are they're going to be right. It just depends on when they're you know, when it actually happens. And then they're going to get on TV and pat themselves on the back and say, well, I told you it was coming. Hey,
1: I'm going to go on record now and say that it's probably going to rain in October. That's what, I'm, I, I yeah, stole that's, that. I stole that from our producer here. Yeah, you did. Uh, you did. <laughs> but but you know. But you know what? If it, if it happens,
2: hey, I'm right. I told you it was going to happen. Yeah. And um, if it happens, and if part of your financial plan is that you're making systematic contributions to that same strategy that you're in, and that strategy down, then you're you're buying at you're a buying lower at a discount. Yeah, you're buying at a discount. You're buying at a lower cost. Then when that correction comes back and it recorrects itself, and we get back up, you now have owned more shares of the. Of investments that you have and allows you to, to accumulate more.
0: Yeah.
1: It's also, and I'll expand upon that a little bit as well, because one thing that doesn't really get much notice or much press anymore, um, it, it, when you talk about how quickly we come out of these market corrections, one major reason that occurs is because if you still have a job and you're contributing to your 401k, what's happening every single month when you get paid? Yep. A portion of your paycheck is being invested. You're buying. You're mm-hmm. buying the lows or you're buying the corrections. That did not occur to the degree that it occurs today. That did not happen even 10 years ago. So when you look back and see market corrections from 20, 30, 40 years ago, we get out of them much more quickly today because, one, we have a rash of information that's available on social media and other news outlets, but you also have just a far greater percentage of – citizens that are contributing to their 401ks on a bi-weekly or a monthly basis that just didn't occur a generation ago um so because you're having that automatic investment that's occurring every single month that actually kind of helps to draw us out of corrections a little bit more quickly than than what than how they used to come out
0: yeah yeah so here's here's the uh sort of you know to kind of wrap this one up um you know market corrections happen they happen you just just know that they're going to happen they're going to continue to happen um you just wait them out if there's a fundamental correction it's uh it will correct itself over time we may be a little bit longer getting out of it but it'll correct itself over time so just don't make an irrational decision uh if you want if you have questions about market corrections or you are worried about it and you want to talk to us come meet with us we we'll would be happy to meet with you be happy to uh if you want to call us uh phone number is two-200-5210. Uh, And you can hit any extension in there and you'll get a hold of one of us. Um, You can come see us. We don't charge for initial meeting uh, to sit down and chat with us and find out what we're all about. Uh, If you want, uh, if you're, I don't know, if you just want us to reevaluate where you are to make sure that you're well positioned. If a market correction happens, be happy to help you with that too. Uh, So anyway, thanks for watching. And uh, I'll let Eric sign us off.
1: If you're watching us on YouTube, click the uh, red button in the corner to subscribe. Be the first to be notified whenever we uh, drop any new content. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a, a five-star rating, we would greatly appreciate it. Throw in a little bit of a review as well. Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening. Have a good week. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, Doing Businesses, Independent Financial Partners, IFP, IFP Securities, Doing Businesses, IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFPs express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC, investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Family Wealth Planning Partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.